Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy, where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. Today's guest is Timothy Witham, and today's something cool is his soon-to-be or currently Kickstartering, depends on when this comes out, uh, for a game called Boardroom. Uh, you may remember Timothy or hearing the name. We, we talked to them a while ago about uh, a game they were working on. And then he also was one of the sponsors of a Catacon. He came and ran some Pathfinder Society games for us. Timothy is an awesome dude. Happy to have met him. Timothy, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. And all all the same back at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, again, we've we've touched on this before, but we went to, uh, and by we, I mean me and uh, one of my buddies went to a small convention up at the Dayton University two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was mixed results, but I yeah. ran into you guys uh, and we played Hanabi, and Hanabi is my favorite game. And again, we, we met up with you guys and, and what you're doing and the company that you guys have, which again, is it's Medieval Interactions Gaming. Yep. Uh, you can find Timothy online at MI Gaming uh, for Twitter. And you're talking about the game you were developing. We talked about the convention we're trying to organize. And it was a match made in heaven. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about Boardroom. Uh, now, right. Boardroom is a very big departure from the game that you were working on at that time, uh, which was a very kind of heavy, meaty uh, game. This is a little bit different direction. So, so why don't you tell the people listening, what is Boardroom? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. Uh, we were, we were, you know, nine yards down the field, uh, in, into the heavy kind of, uh, typical hour, hour and a half, sit down and let's play a board game, uh, game with the last one. Uh, boardroom is very much more a party game and it's actually, um, it's actually, I, I like to call it the game, the board game you get paid to play. And it's because it's a party game that you actually play at work which I know can be a little frightening to some people, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what the, basically the, the game is great because it's, it's small. It fits in a, a we're, we're going to launch in a small plastic tube, almost like a LCR. If you've ever played that or any of the other uh, dice games that just come in a little tube. And uh, so it's, it's very easy to throw in a briefcase or a computer bag or, or whatever. But um the game essentially consists of you have a uh, you have th- a few dice you roll them before you go into a meeting and you have a list of goals to accomplish in those meetings that the dice will kind of the dice results tell you what you're going to try to do as a group. Those range from uh, you know kind of innocuous things like uh, being like coughing anytime somebody uses a buzz phrase like win-win or synergy or anything like that. And you just kind of, you know, give it one of those all the way up to like removing one shoe and sock completely. And, um, (laughs) and in that case, your barefoot has to be seen by another player and it has to be seen by somebody who's not playing. So, so that makes it a little tougher, uh, you know, depending on, <laughs> depending on how your meeting is and how, how stuffy people can be. But, uh, right. but it's all, it's all things like that, that, um, are doable. They're not all easy. You know, they get progressively harder the further down the list you get, but, uh, but you, you go in and <clears throat> you try to compete to do those things after, after the meeting, you compare your, your notes, kind of who, who scored what, and then, uh, the winner gets to wear a little customized lapel pin around the office 
um, that doesn't say boardroom, doesn't say anything. It's a little design. So it could be just a, you know, for those not playing, it doesn't scream out, Hey, we were playing a game in a meeting. It's just a little lapel pin that looks decorative. And, uh, and that comes with the game. And so it's sort of like a secret society. You, you know, you're, you either absolutely. know or you don't know. Absolutely. I, I think of it as Fight Club without all the punching. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I guess we should explain this being an audio medium, that boardroom is B-O-R-E-D. Yes. Yes, I'm absolutely. sure it's clearly a play on B-O-A-R-D. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's because I've I've lived in the the working world now. I'm actually been an adult for a while. And it... Uh, and there's nothing worse than meetings. And, and uh, most of the time, they're, they're not all awful, but most of them tend to be. And so um, the beauty of this, too, I think, is in, uh, even though it's a play on boardroom, you know, it can be played at a shift meeting at the beginning of the day at a fast food restaurant. You know, it's uh, obviously certain things are harder to get away with in that con- in that uh, setting, but other things are going to be easier to get away in that with in that setting. So um and, and it's pretty funny because, believe it or not, I've actually play-tested this game kind of extensively um, <laughs> at, at, uh, at my various uh, places of employment. Never lost a job. I will state that up front. Never lost a job because of playing. <laughs> I've just worked at two different places while play-testing this. But, um, but, uh, and it's really funny because I, I've actually been leading a meeting with some other people um, who were play-testing. And at the end of the meeting, one of the guys was like, I, knowing that you know the game and you designed the game, I was trying to get you to look at my bare foot the entire meeting. And he is like, and you never noticed it because you were too <laughs> focused on leading the meeting. And so, yeah, so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting. And we play tested at some uh, cons also. We actually play tested at, uh, at UDCon last year. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's actually probably the first thing that, that came to mind. And again, I'm, I'm backseat game developer here. Uh, possibly like a stretch goal maybe for you. It would be like a like if you're hosting a party game event, like a social game, that there's a version that you can do there. Absolutely, yeah. So like, you know, so maybe there's like four of you that are like the core and then maybe spouses and friends and friends of spouses are coming. So you could still do sort of the same thing in a social setting at, at your game table, if not necessarily your boardroom at work. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what... Um, one of the ideas that, that I've had kind of for stretch goals are, as you mentioned, um, kind of alternate versions of the game. And so, uh, you know, I've thought college lecture, you know, like college class version, um, at the risk of ticking people off, I thought about a church version and, you know, I mean, I, nothing makes me laugh harder than the idea of like somebody standing up and like really getting into testifying in the middle of a Catholic mass. Um, you know, things like that, that just, uh, and, and I know I've mentioned that and some people are like, whoa, but yeah. I, I, I think, it's I funny. mean, if it's the subversive, subversive nature of the game, again, it's all in good fun. There's nothing here that should be overtly offensive to anyone other than if that offends you about, you know, the whole sanctimony of, of a church in, in general, right, but, right. but there could be a college version. Absolutely. There could be a work version. There could be a game mm-hmm. version, uh, faculty retreat, you know, like absolutely. if you go out like a team building yeah. exercise, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of places to go with it, but it sounds like. This seems to be a fairly simple game. So component-wise, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so component-wise, uh, literally you have a the rule book. You have three dice. And I think I I even mentioned in the in the Kickstarter right up there, black with white pips because that's super classy. And then like the lapel pin. So um, some of the other things that we're looking at too, um, the we're 
going to have a URL link, most likely in the rule book that gives a, um, that takes you to a uh, file that is a, an employee appreciation certificate that you could print out for past winners also. Um, again, very, very innocuous and not, not shouting, hey, you won this game we played in a meeting, but just says like, hey, you did a great job, slugger, you know, <laughs> or something right. like that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Very, very simple, very few components. The other nice thing about that, though, is the we're able to offer it at a price point that really reflects that. So, right. and and again, that's where I was going next. So, uh-huh. so overall, like, what is your goal for the Kickstarter, and then what would the game cost people who want to buy it? Okay, so the goal for the Kickstarter, the funding goal, I'm only looking at like five hundred dollars. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, and that's that's pretty much like the smallest run that I could do and get those components put together. The Kickstarter price for everything, the lapel pin really adds to the adds to the cost a little bit because you got to get those custom lapel pins made. But I'm I'm looking for like a six dollar pledge gets you a full copy of the game. Okay, with shipping or no? Yeah, yeah, free shipping. Okay, so six bucks, and you can have a copy of this. Six bucks, and then if uh, if you want to get really ambitious because it is such a light game, you want to get five copies of it. And then, and I really, I only have three levels of pledging five copies though. will get you five or uh, five, $25 will get you five copies of the game. So you can like give them out to people, um, you know, and then the other, the last pledge is uh, a two for a $2 pledge. You'll get a print and play downloadable set of rules. So, okay. Now the, the, the dice that come with it, are they custom? Like they have special symbols on them or is it just the same dice that you would get at a game store if you right now it's just dice that you would get at like a game store um hopefully if we get enough backers this a stretch goal that i've thought about is trying to put a custom face on one of them either the kind of sleepy eyes from the from the logo for the game um okay the the room is our two sleepy eyes like obviously somebody bored death in a meeting m so either those or the little logo that i made for the lapel pen one or the other Okay, yeah, that would be cool. And that's a pretty easy to you know. It's not, it's not going to add a huge amount of cost, right? But but it does cost more because I've I've gotten dice before for like a catacon. You know they're not free, <laughs> so, right? You know, right, absolutely. So, yeah, so you got to cover that. Yeah. So going back to what you said about about gifts again, um, we do a thing at my my work where I'm at now. We do like a, it's called a white elephant. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I've heard it called. Is like where you do like a, a anonymous gift exchange sort of thing at work. So yeah, this could absolutely be a fun gift giving thing at work you know it kind of fits the theme yeah absolutely you know it, it kind of shows you're a gamer you can kind of sniff out and see who else might be in the same oh yeah ballpark as you are type of a thing so that would be cool yeah yeah and that's one of the great things i love about it is i i find a lot of a lot of a lot of i guess harder core gamers don't always like party games i really like party games because they're they're one of the easiest introduction for your non-gamer fa- friends you're able to say hey let's let's play this you know it's it's silly it's fun it's it's not a huge time investment. And then they they say, oh, this is great. Do you have any other games that, you know, um, right. that's, so that's one reason I, I love party games. Um, it's one of the few one of the uh, things that my wife and I actually do a lot because she's not a big gamer. And so but she loves party games. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. My wife, she loves zombies. She's into like The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. So she likes zombie side. OK, yeah. She likes pandemic because we always pretend like the diseases are zombies. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and that's that's about it. Like I can get her to play Hanabi, but beyond that, she just doesn't really like a lot of the same types of games that I enjoy. Uh, so it's nice when we do find something that we can share together. Right. Uh, so a lot of times when I have designers on, I like to go into sort of the like where did this game come from. 
but that seems very apparent. Like there's, <laughs> like, there's not a lot of subtext to this game. Yeah. Uh, well, you were at work and you were bored and you're like, hey, yeah. how can I make this more fun? I know. Absolutely. It was great. It was uh, it was kind of all of my gaming friends we, that, that I worked with. They said, man, imagine if we could come up with a game that we could play in the office. And so we just started brainstorming and we're like, what about, what about an app? And we're like, no, cause you know, it's very obvious if you have your phone out doing stuff. And then, you know, I kind of went away for a weekend and then came back and I had the bare bones of it. And I said, what do you guys think of this? And they were like, oh my gosh. And I think we play tested it for the first time that week with the first list, you know? And, um, and it was a blast. I mean, we were cracking up. We came out of the meeting laughing and, and, and the, the weird thing is I, um, I, I like to tell people it's crazy because you would think, oh, you're playing a game during a meeting, you're you're not paying attention, and it's going to affect you know any recall. I've never play, paid closer attention in a meeting than when I was playing this game, and it's because you're constantly looking for that opportunity to slip in, you know, a uh, to to make a com. I think one of the items, uh, one of the items definitely is uh, make a comment that's actually a movie quote. <laughs> and, and work work that into your comment and then you get bonus points if somebody calls you on it and like oh reservoir dogs and you defend it as your own like no my grandfather said that you know <laughs> what's so, i've never seen reservoir what <laughs> yeah yeah like what are you talking about <laughs> uh the other thing again again playing backseat game developer here there should definitely be like a blank square mm-hmm. because i know i've had bosses that have particular techs yeah uh, like and we would you know like there was a one boss and i can't i can't remember the name the word now but he would say a word like every three words and we would start Uh we would start counting them (laughs) you know we would have a little like like 70 times in a meeting you say the same thing oh wow so so there needs to be something for like a boss specific word or phrase or or tech absolutely Uh, and and that's one of the one of the ideas i i kind of had for another stretch goal idea would be to include a fourth die and uh our fourth dice sorry and uh no die is right there yeah, anyway yeah, if, you're ta- if you're talking singular, <laughs> singular it's die, die yeah. yeah anyway sorry to include a fourth die and then uh and do that just leave six blanks and so then you can customize it to your work environment so that that was one of the thoughts as well all right very very cool so uh the kickstarter is going to go live uh you said around mid-april Date is not 100% set yet. More than likely when you're hearing this, it's either coming out tomorrow or it came out today or it came out yesterday. <laughs> More than likely, that's that's how right this on, is going yeah. to go. So if you're hearing this, it's probably going to live or going to be live very soon. Very reasonable goal. I mean, this, this again, this is almost like a, a prep pet project. 500 mm-hmm. bucks, $6 for the game. I, I hope that we can get enough people uh, to go check it out that, that would want to do that. It, you know, it sounds like something that you could definitely get and try out at your, at your work or give to a friend, give to a colleague, that kind of thing. Uh, but you, but you mentioned before, cause obviously you're working on other games. We, you know, we talked about the other one before. So what is going to come after this? Like what, what are, what are you working on now that you hope might be able to come to the market in the future? Right. So, uh, so that, that's when I get back into my game designer kind of a little bit heavier and it's, it's still not incredibly heavy, but the next game I'm working toward is called uh, building a better monster. And it's a uh, it's a game where everybody plays a mad scientist, and then they you're you're racing to build a monster, um, you know, two like uh, anthropomorphic, so two arms, two legs, a body, a head, a heart, and then accessories, just fun like wings, tails, things like that, bolts in the neck, whatever, and um, and you're actually 
kind of competing to be the first scientist to or mad scientist to build this. And then and actually, Michael, I think you played this with me, uh, uh, an early, early prototype. Yeah, I was having a coughing fit when I when I would normally have jumped in. But yes, <laughs> right. I, I played this. I don't think it was at UDCon. It was the next time we yeah. got together at a different con. It was at uh, it was at. Um, Oh man, was it Witcon? Witcon, that's where it was. Yeah, it was at Witcon. Yeah, yep. we again that been last year because I was at Witcon this past weekend uh, when we recorded this, and you weren't there. Uh, so I know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, yeah. I know it wasn't this one. Uh, yeah, but I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, it wasn't done yet. Obviously, you know, there's there some right. feedback that we had, but mm-hmm. but it was it was fun. It was a, at the time it was like a dice building game basically you'd roll and depending on what you get you had options and you tried to like you needed a, a certain number to be able to uh-huh. grab the, the leg that you needed and i thought it was a lot of fun um i i think i gave you an idea for a ridiculously expensive component that i would love to see that probably makes the game unreasonably expensive but yeah i had a lot of fun with it <laughs> well and it's funny because some of the feedback that i got from play testing with you guys has led into some some new developments with that so to keep players involved now with that one, when it's not your turn, you actually, I have angry villager dice that everybody rolls. And so the game has changed more to kind of a, uh, it's more of a pressure luck. You can keep rolling as the scientist as many times as you want, but everybody else is rolling these villager dice. And if they, if they get enough, either torches, pitchforks, whatever, they shut you down and your turn ends and you don't even get to finish that last roll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of the things I did remember is that there was a lot of watching. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then it's almost like uh, this weird uh, comparison here, but it's almost like playing bingo in a way <laughs> right. because you're watching someone else and you're hoping they don't get what they need because you want to get what you need first. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it was a lot of like I, I wanted something to do when I wasn't actively doing something. So I think that's a great addition to the game. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, and it. Um, it, it's, it's been cool. It, it's funny because I play now with people and, uh, and they say, they're like, this isn't, isn't anything bad, but like, like I'm just emotionally drained after playing. <laughs> and they're like, cause like, they're like, I'm so on the edge of my seat every turn that, uh, that it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It gives it a, definitely a more urgent feel. Nice. So that's uh, probably maybe the next one in the pipeline, unless something mm-hmm. just gets in gets in your head and you can't let go of it before. Right. That. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm actually working on the artwork for that one right now. I, I've gotten most of the artwork done and inked, and now I'm going back and I and kind of the, in a way, kind of the most cathartic of it is I'm coloring. So I'm adding colors nice. to all the all the art now. But uh, uh, you know, so that that. Most likely, unless something, like you said, really jumps in and, and takes hold, that's going to be the next one. And that's probably going to be later this year that we're going to be looking to launch that. All right. And then to clarify, you do all the art for the company. Like you are an artist yourself. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I do I do the art. I do a lot of the writing, um, rule books and, um, you know, side things too. I'm, I'm starting to delve into the possibility of maybe some uh, some third-party RPG components for some games as well. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, RPG nut from way back. So, um, I say way back, I, I started in second edition. So, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's uh, not too far ago. Well, no, no, um, it's not crazy. It's a Thacko though. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, as best I can remember, I was 12 or I was around 12 when I started. So that would be, uh, 1987 for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, I started with basic, I didn't know advanced existed but i think like 
a few weeks after starting, someone at school found out I played, and they're like, yeah, I'll play that game. And they showed me their book, like, that's not my book. And <laughs> so that, then I jumped into second edition because of that. Right on. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny because I actually, uh, I, I the story I love to tell is I started with HeroQuest. And I, I, my first game design at all was, as a kid, my friends and I started writing up our own characters for HeroQuest. You know, so nice. Um, yeah, and then that led kind of when we found Dungeons and Dragons. Then we were like, "Oh my gosh, this this, this is what we've been doing." <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Awesome. And again, we're we're going to see you back at the Catacon uh, in some capacity, probably running Pathfinder, but maybe also uh-huh. as, uh, running some of your own games there. Uh, are there any other conventions you're going to that if people want to check out the game for themselves, they might have a chance to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm shooting to be at Origins again. Like I did Origins last year. I worked really heavily in the Pathfinder room running games, so I didn't get a lot of convention time for myself otherwise. Um, this year, I'm probably going to back off a little bit. My wife is such a sweetheart that that's, Origins is always on her birthday weekend. Oh. And so, yeah, last year she went with me. This year she said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go back. Um, this year, you know, and so I think I'm going to maybe cut my time in half there and, and, you know, um, do some, some stuff around here, but, uh, at the house. But other than that, coming up, I'm trying to think what other conventions we've got lined up that are, uh, and I'm still trying to, uh, I'm still trying to figure out my schedule a little bit, you know, for the, uh, kind of being a one man show, it, it can be a little bit trying to try to make it to every convention, you know? And again, uh, this isn't going to come out for a couple weeks. So if you come up with that, if it solidifies, I can throw that into the show notes and let people know as well. Cool. What, what about a website? If people want to go check out some of the other things you're doing, any updates, uh, like where should they go on, online? Uh, so our website is at migaming.net. And uh, it's it's MI, not Medieval Interactions Gaming, but it's MIGaming.net. The website hasn't been updated in a little bit because, as I said, I, I'm kind of flying solo a little bit now. That, that For those that don't know, the company used to be at 1.6 people, uh, down to five. Now it's down to just me. Other people, just life got in the way, I think, a little bit, you know, as it tends that to happens. do. Yeah, as it tends to do. But uh, it's funny because they're great guys. I still see them all the time. I used to work with all of them. And now, even though we don't work together, I actually just was uh, emailing with them earlier this week about getting together to game. And uh, so everything's there. Then they're all awesome, incredibly talented people. So I think some of their profiles might even still be up on the website. So I just (laughs) haven't I haven't updated. So if you get out there and you see these other guys that are not Tim, they are all awesome. So um, but uh, yeah, so that's where we're doing that. A lot of my correspondence happens through Twitter um, at MI Gaming LLC. You know, I, I, I'm on Facebook. I don't do Facebook nearly as much as I, as I kind of hit Twitter. It's a, it's a lot quicker and easier and just, uh, I, it's on my phone constantly, you know, so. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. You know, I'm always open to, to talking to people and hearing from people too. So, uh, Tim.Witham, W-I-T-H-E-M, at MIGaming.net is my email. You feel free to send me anything. Uh, if you got game ideas that you want to chat about, like I'm always willing to try to try to help people work through their ideas. I know sometimes things just get caught in your head and you need you need somebody from the outside to, to f- help you just uh, kind of get a fresh pair of eyes on things. No, absolutely. All right. Well, Timothy, thank you very much for your time tonight. Best of luck with your Kickstarter. Again, it sounds like it's something that 
should be easy. I don't want to curse you. Should be easy to get to. <laughs> right on. Hopefully, hopefully your your problem will be you will overfund by so much that you you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah, uh, that, so, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So anybody <laughs> listening, uh, please go check the Kickstarter. There'll be links in the show notes that will be live again, whether it starts or not. You know, whenever this comes out, but definitely give it a, give it a look. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. Go to Origin to say hi, or come to a Catacon. Oh yeah, definitely be there. <laughs> yeah, the, the Kickstarter for Catacon goes live middle of April, April thirteenth. Hey, there so you go. Run for about a month. Our event's not till November, back at the Dayton Convention Center. So you know, if you go to a Catacon, you can see Tim. Hey, there Perfect. you go. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for your time. Again, best of luck. And, yeah, thanks, uh, Michael. I appreciate it. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at therpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.